Hello and welcome to another episode of the Youth Speak podcast. This is the official podcast from Youth Lab. Now, as you may know, August is Women's Month in South Africa, and it's a time where we commemorate the significant role that is held by women in society today, as well as celebrate the accomplishments of all the women who marched to the union buildings in August of 1950. To celebrate this, we spoke to Jessica Dlamini. She's the founder of the Jessica Dlamini Foundation for Women and Girls. She's an occupational health and safety officer. She is a mom and a wife. Now, we spoke to her about the gender pay gap, a lack of opportunities for women, as well as what the role of women in the home should be looking like in 2021. Thank you so much for joining us, Jessica. Um, I really appreciate it. I think you are the perfect person to speak to to kind of wrap up Women's Month. I would just like to start by asking you to just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about the work you're doing through the Jessica Dlamini Foundation. So, hello, my name is Jessica Dlamini. Um, I'm an occupational health and safety practitioner by profession. And I also founded my a foundation for women called JDF, short for Jessica Dlamini Foundation for Women. So what we do is that we are the support system for the African girl child. And what my foundation seeks to do is to tackle women's issues because there's a plethora of them. So I thought the the one way that makes sense to me is to empower women who are in the rural settings. Not to say that women here in the urban and and sub-township um, settings don't have issues, but I come from a rural area, right? And I grew up with, like, literally there was no opportunities there. Um, when you go to school, it's literally you just go to complete you're not even more school, and this is why I want to complete my schooling or attain education and so on. So fortunately, I was able to leave that uh, setting and come to the urban settings and, and get my education, finish my degree, start a business, because I was exposed to that here. So then I think about my friends and people I grew up with that I left there in the rural settings, all they know is that I need to complete school, I need to get married. Those are the the realities that they are surrounded by. So you're not really exposed to other women who are running their own businesses. You're not exposed to what kind of different types of careers you can get into and so on. So my foundation works with let's take all that information, all the resources and pull them back home and expose those young girls to say, listen, you don't just have to complete metric and that's it and look forward to marriage. You can literally become anything you want. If if you're good with your hands, let's let's formalize that business model for you. Let's get you in touch with people who can help you with that. Um, if if you have an interest in spe- in a specific career, there's someone in foundation who might be in that career who can take you on. So it's literally all the resources and taking them back to the rural settings. 
I first of all love that it is quite a personal mission for you mm-hmm. because you had to transition from um, that rural environment to the city and that when you got to the city and you were exposed to more opportunities, it didn't end there for you. You wanted to create space for other women who are still in kind of rural and peri-urban areas, which I think is very important. We shouldn't just occupy space and take up space. We should make the space bigger for other women as well. Now, you've mentioned what led you to starting the Jessica Lamini Foundation, which is very much about mentorship and women empowerment. What are some of the other pillars within the foundation? Okay, so what we do is we do a lot of fundraising. Um, we make sure that we have, like, we have our beneficiaries, right? So those are the girls that are under our care. And then we make sure that they get, like, their monthly packs of, like, hygiene supplies, school supplies. And we work with the Department of Social Development and the Department of Health just to make sure that they get their treatments you know that we so we work via the government so that's that one part and the other part is that i keep it very private but we do rescue like rape and abuse victims so that part is literally very difficult ways in which we can rescue and get them the legal help and the counseling so we also look at the rehabilitation of rape and abuse victims as well so those are the two other parts that i am very passionate about so we live in a country um that can be considered the rape capital of the world there are issues with women going missing and us just not being able to find them and Mm -hmm. with the hashtag or someone will train for two weeks and then after that we'll all kind of move on with our lives and no one thinks about the work that goes on behind the scenes um to rescue those women when those women are found and rescued the rehabilitation that has to happen the counseling and the kind of work it takes to make that happen so that's that's really commendable and i imagine that it's also like quite emotionally taxing it is it's very draining because these cases become you, right? And I I normally get my debriefing from my psychiatrist because that was recommended when I started my NPO. A friend of mine said, listen, you're going to need debriefing because you will carry, you're a woman. You do have a father, you have a a husband, you're a woman in society. So sometimes it does carry on to your life where your, your view towards um, society becomes warped and you become scared and and these girls don't need you to be like that you know so i i do get regular debriefing and i try to remain as as uh, positive as i can even when it's like really tough like the one um little girl i had who was sexually assaulted by her own biological father for like 12 plus years and you know when I took that on that case I I I literally it it was very tough counseling every week because I'm thinking to myself I have a father and I look at my father as someone who who's supposed to protect me you know and imagine this person is doing this to you and your mother knows so you go through the motions of anger 
and literally just it's 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 very triggering <laughs> so mm. yeah it, i do get debriefing because i need to take care of myself first so i can be able to to give that guidance and counsel to these young girls sure let's talk about gender equality um you know mm-hmm. because we all know the term and we all know that it means women and men should be given equal opportunities um, and just an equal chance to thrive in all aspects of life. But I want to make it personal. I think as someone who Uh is leading a foundation that is focused on women and girls, what does, how, how do you define gender equality? And would you say that looking at South Africa as a country, do you think we're doing a good job to achieve gender equality? Sure. This is a tough one because now (laughs) I believe you can't teach what you haven't experienced, right? So Mm -hmm. gender equality for me is me being able to have the freedom to be whatever I want to be, whenever I want to be, however I want to be. So... Now, my honest answer to if if that is happening in South Africa, it's no, it's not. Um, I myself have become a mom of recent. I've become a career woman. I've tried to get in a multiple um, variants of businesses. And as a woman, literally you are working twice as hard to prove that you are just as, as competent as your male counterpart. So definitely it's not happening. It's not. In reality, it's not. And that's just my opinion and my experience as well. So in theory, yes, we do say, oh, women are empowered. Okay, women are now encouraged to do one, two, and three. But the practicality of it is that society's mindset, it's not, um, it's not welcoming it's still so much a taboo in in some of uh, the, the the workspaces I've been. And I remember when I started my job, I was a welder, right? Like literally welding eight eighteen ton um, trailers for these trucks, right? And on my first day when I got there, the guys literally asked me if I was the receptionist. Because there's no way you can do the work There's no way Because it's physically demanding And my reaction to that Was that okay With welding you would have to assemble Your machinery And it's heavy stuff, very dangerous, very hot You work with chemicals and stuff So I said to myself I will not allow Any male colleague to help me Because I want to Show to them that I said I can do this job. I went to school for it and I qualified. So I'm going to do it and you're going to respect me. Even though it wasn't so good. I mean, everyone needs help regardless of like your gender. You do need assistance if you're new in an industry. But I was like, I'm not going to ask. I'm going to do it myself, you know, and that's me just trying to prove that I'm we're the same so in practicality gender equality is not happening you look at it from a career perspective it's not happening (laughs) you look at it from a business perspective you try to get into business as a woman you're so wary of um 
uh, approaching people because then they want you to to do certain things that are very wrong in order to get those um, deals. So it's 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 very tough in South Africa, and that's just my experience. And I think we need to be on our society still does not view the woman as equal as the male. And that's just my um, experience. I, you know, and, and, and you make such a good point about how, because we are always put in a position where we have to prove ourselves, we reject help or we sabotage ourselves by not asking for help. And mm-hmm. even that, you know, puts us at a disadvantage as women because it's normal to ask for help. But because yes. we're constantly put in a position where I have to show everyone that I can do it on my own and I can do the things that society thinks I cannot do, we end up really sabotaging ourselves. Just on this briefly, um, that apart from running the foundation, you're also a health and safety officer as well mm-hmm. as a business owner. Um, mm-hmm. And what has your experience been working in male dominated spaces? And I think, how do you assert yourself in a space that is just predominantly occupied by men? Ugh, it's been so difficult. <laughs> and I'm going to start with my career. Um, with my career, sometimes you go into uh, industries or the people that you are leading or looking after because as a as a safety official, what you have to do is make sure that people are safe and they have to follow your guidelines, right? So some of these people that I'm telling that, okay, what how you're doing your job is not safe, um, they're older than me, they're males, right? And it's just been so hard to get them to listen because you, you meet a regular guy who's like, been in the industry for 10 plus years and you're coming there as a safety official and you're like listen what you're doing is not safe right and the immediate reaction is like no but what is this little girl saying i've been doing this for years like you can't tell me you know so my approach was by my profession right i got this degree i got this qualification i got hired Clearly, I'm competent, so you are going to listen to me. So I've had to tell that to myself even to say, Jess, you don't have to go above and beyond to prove to anyone that, you know, you are worthy of telling them what to do, even when they are a male and they are older than you, right? You are qualified. Walk in that light. So I've had to build my confidence as a professional to say, no, 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 I'm well within my right to tell you because this is my expertise and I specialize in it and I walk like it. So when people now sense that confidence and sometimes there's an undertone of aggressiveness with it to say, listen, we are at work. Okay. Yes, I'm dressed pretty. I'm not going to dress like you know, conservative or like a male because I want you to respect me because that's what I went through before I had this epiphany. I thought, okay, don't look like a doll. Don't, because I'm so girly, like it's it's a joke. <laughs> so it's like, okay, don't look so pretty. Then they won't tell, they will take you seriously. So then I stopped that. I was like, you know what? I'm a professional and you're going to take me seriously. And you don't have a choice because I'm hired to do this job. And so when it comes to work, 
I do my work very well. And if you're going to engage with me, come from a technical um, perspective and me and you will be fine. But if you try to do these personal jabs and these, you know, stereotypical societal jabs at me, then I, I will defend myself. So it, it, it's, it's been very difficult. And as a woman, I had to tell myself that. I had to sit down and say, Jessica, you are qualified. You've been hired. So clearly, you know what you're doing. So when you are at mm-hmm. work, do it and be confident. Don't be scared. That has been my, like... And also when it comes to business, uh, I've been guilty of being having like an aggressive approach when I deal with male uh, customers or I'm having a deal with, with a male um, owned business. So I've, I've been doing that because I don't want them to think that, you know, I want special treatment or I, I want I want them to take advantage of me. And unfortunately, that's the reality we live in is that, when you're a woman, some males will take their chances and some literally will do business and, and are done. But some will try to see how they can exploit you or how they can, you know, test your boundaries. So I've been having like a very aggressive approach when it comes to um, when it comes to business. So at work, I'm good, but business has been tricky. When it comes to like the meeting place, I'll be like, I want to choose where we're going to meet. Okay. It has to be office. Everything that we're going to do on contract, I always have someone with me, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just so sad. The measures we have to take as women to say, listen, I'm serious. And we're doing business right now. So you better respect me, you know. And I like that you say, you know, your point of departure is always, I'm qualified and I deserve to be here. Mm. Because I think we just question ourselves a lot as women in general, let alone in male-dominated spaces. And you just have to keep reminding yourself that I deserve to be here as much as all of these men, as much as anyone else deserves to be here. And that is kind of the truth that you have to stand on. And lastly, there are a number of things that contribute to poverty for women in South Africa, um, mm. the gendered division of labor in the household, um, the kind of value that is accorded to women's work, right? Um, and the fact that we have so many women in low paid jobs and all of these things contribute to female poverty. And I think that what we see as well happening, particularly in, in, in the black community is how one woman's salary will take care of so many people within the household. How do you think we can change the perception about a woman's role at home and in society? Sure. This is so difficult because I'm going through it right now. Right. Like I, I'd like to believe I'm, I'm okay in life, but me stepping into a role as a mom and as a new newlywed, right? I it was fun when I was dating my person. Then we got good times. <laughs> <laughs> we got married, and then I realized that there's certain sacrifices that I am making, but they like they pulling back my career and they mm. pulling back my 
you know, the things that I want to do solely because I'm a mom, you know, and I literally had to sit down with him and say, listen, so, you know, thankfully he's, he's just the most precious, most understanding, most, you know, he, he said he, he was open to hearing me. And I said, listen, the work that I do in, in, in the house, I don't have to, I don't have to. And that, that, that's how I was raised is that domestic chores. Let's, let's break it down. Let's start with chores, right? I don't, I don't have to, because I'm a female, all humans need to live in a clean environment. So can we help each other with this? Okay. Don't solely make it my, my responsibility because how my life is set up is that I'll go to work. When I come back, it's my time to carry on with my business. So how am I doing that if two babies and you and the house that are looking at me, mm. right? I won't have time to do anything. And I go to school as well. I'm still pursuing my studies. So when, when am I doing what I need to do? So another example I can give is that if my partner gets an offer in Cape Town right now and the money is good and everything, he's gone. Literally, he's gone. He doesn't he have doesn't, to think about too many things. He doesn't have to think about oh the babies, oh my family, the survival of my family. But I, as a woman, if I have to get an offer in the UK and it's literally good money, I mean it's gonna set me up for my career. You know, I'm discouraged from taking that opportunity because what you're not a good mom. Why are you leaving your kids behind? Oh, your marriage is going to suffer because you're not there. And I said to my partner, listen, you need to me and my career. And if I want to do something that is going to advance me, it's going to advance the family. But let's leave the family part of it out. Why can't the man be a supportive anchor to say, okay, you want to do this how can we move things around to make the transition, you know, um, comfortable or, or how can I meet you halfway even, you know? But the fact that he can just pick up and leave and I'll stay with the kids and it's okay is something that I have never accepted, ever. Mm-hmm. I would also call him to question to be like, uh-uh, your marriage is going to fall apart. <laughs> Don't go, you know? <laughs> so... So it 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 goes down to the female. I always say, defend your dreams, okay? Defend your dreams. It does, if you're miserable, resent your family and, and your spouse. When you start to step on my toes in terms of dreams and my goals and my businesses, I would even break up with you. Like, I will fail it that's it's done it's done yeah and 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 it's very difficult because the family will attack you you know to say what kind of a mom are you you know but then i go i go back and say but what kind of a mom am i if my kids don't eat do you understand that i'm doing this to feed my family and myself and also to make myself happy so i've always been a female who puts her dreams first and her happiness first and then my family benefits from that so if we can wire ourselves to say it's okay 
it's okay you know to to share responsibilities and to bring your support your people your family and and explain to them that listen I don't want you to get used to the notion that domestic chores are my responsibilities. It's a shared responsibility. So I've been teaching my partner. I've been teaching my family to say, guys, we're going to need to come together because if you think I'm just going to sit here and be okay with opportunities being missed, with, you know, career opportunities not taken solely because of a mom you're solely mistaken i'm not going to do that so but it's not the same for every other girl in society so yeah. many young so many young girls will, will literally not take a business deal or a career opportunity for a relationship and for me that is crazy it's crazy I can't. I can't. But I, I, I understand. I've been there before and had to work hard to rewire myself and the people around me to say, my dreams are as valid as yours. So let's respect each other. I like that. And I really like that you share so openly about dynamics in your relationship. What are some what what some of the things that you can't afford to compromise on are in the relationship when you are an ambitious woman? And I think mm-hmm. it goes back to what we spoke about um, when I asked the question. It's just how we don't value um, and we don't even put an economic value to the work that women do, because the only reason men are able to go out and do yes. the work that they do is because there's someone at home taking care of all the domestic labor right and mm. it should be actually getting paid for that because it's it's actual work so i really like that you highlighted that as someone who is a mom who is a wife but who's also very ambitious i've really enjoyed this conversation i know yeah. that it was short but i think it was power packed you made some really important points especially about making sure that we do not forget about women in rural areas and peri-urban areas i just really want to commend you on the work you're doing through the foundation thank you so much for having me oh my gosh i love the work that you're doing